We could pick up at the top of Daf Yudchet, Daf 18, and uh, we got to the very top of the Daf. Uh, what we had been discussing uh, was uh, different statements. We said uh, the Mishnah uh, on yesterday's Daf had said there is a neder, betoch neder, a neder within another neder, and, uh, but there's no shua, betoch uh, shua, there's no uh, an oath uh, within an oath. And, uh, and what we said uh, was that if a person said that I'm Haraya Nazir, um, Haraini Nazir, uh, I'm, I'm a Nazir today, Haraini Nazir, Hayom and Haraini Nazir Machar. Okay, that's what Rav Huna had said. Uh, you have to say, I'm a Nazir today and I'm a Nazir tomorrow. Uh, he says, but if you'd say, uh, for it to take, for two Nazirot terms to take effect, but uh, if you say, Haraini Nazir Hayom, Haraini Nazir Hayom, it doesn't work because there is no real space uh, for that Nazir to uh, f- uh, fit within. All right, so that, that is where we got up to. We had, uh, um, Rabbi Huda had me- uh, Rav Huna had sustained a number of questions uh, against his opinion, but had me- managed uh, to get out of all of them. And so we actually carry on uh, with those today. Uh, and uh, we'd said uh, the following uh, question, we'd said that if it was first the last thing we'd got to, the last case we got to, it says that someone uh, who took on two uh, Nazirut terms and he counted the first one and then he actually even set aside his korbanot, his offerings at the end of that first time period. And then he went to a rabbi and got his first vow annulled. Uh, what happens is it says the second one takes the place of the first one and therefore his his uh, sacrifices can be used to fulfill his second vow. And the Gemara said exactly what are we talking about over here. Uh, if the guy says, I'm a Nazir today and I'm a Nazir tomorrow, uh, well then they don't overlap exactly. So why uh, would, would the, the, the Nazirut uh, be seemingly the way we understood it, we said it falls within the place and it is filled uh, by that uh, second zero. Why would that be? And the Gemara says, well, maybe it could be that uh, I'm a, it must be a Nazir today and a Nazir today, and that was against Rafun. And the Gemara said, no, uh, maybe it could even be that I'm a Nazir today, I'm a Nazir tomorrow, and it means except for that last day, uh, the day that doesn't overlap, uh, that day uh, still has to be counted, but then he can still use his sacrifices as well. And also the other answer that we're given, uh, if he accepted uh, Nazirot uh, upon himself simultaneously, two Nazirot terms upon himself at the same time. Uh, in that case, there's no... As, uh, there's no um, way of saying that one is superior to the other, one precedes the other, they're both exactly the same. Right, so we continue. Mativ Rav Hamnuna. Nazir Lahazir. The verse says a Nazir to uh, consecrate or to abstain, uh, to use the double form of Nazir. We can show Nazirut Khala Nazirut. The Brata continues and says uh, that one term of Nazirut applies uh, and um, uh, falls on another term of Nazirut. Sheachol Valo Dinhu, you might have thought the opposite. Why? It might have been logical to say otherwise. Ma Shua Chamura. Shua is an oath, is very strict, which we'll discuss the, why that would be in a moment. Uh, but but uh, Shua is very strict. Ein Shua Chal Chala Al Shua. And a Shua does not take effect if there's another Shua in place. Uh, it says Nazirut Kala Lukoshkan. Uh, how much more so uh, with Nazirut, which is more lenient, uh, how much more so uh, that uh, it wouldn't take effect uh, there, over that? It's Tamud Omar, therefore it tells you Nazir Lahazir, uh, the double form of Nazirut Mikan, Shah Nazirut Kala Ala Nazirut, that uh, um, Nazirut takes effect even though there is another Nazirut term in place as well.
Again, the Gemara asks, as it uh, did a lot yesterday, what is the exact case uh, that we are dealing with here? Uh, if you would say that uh, I'm a Nazi today and I'm a Nazi tomorrow, uh, I cry, uh, by. why would you even need a verse for that? The two terms don't overlap and it would be obvious uh, that the second vow of Nazirot uh, takes place because it, it, uh, there is at least one extra day that uh, that you are taking upon and once you're taking that extra day uh, the whole thing uh, would uh, uh, you can't just have an azirat for one day it's a minimum 30 days so therefore uh, there'd be consecutive terms all right and, uh, and 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 that is why we have to we would say that obviously there's no need for a verse uh, to tell us that ella loved amrad must be the case therefore that the person says i'm a nazir today and he says again straight away i'm a nazir today uh, and here we have this principle this verse tells us uh, that one term of nazirat can fall upon another term of nazirat so surely that's what we're talking about the government says law not necessarily and what are we talking about here it must mean uh, or it could mean uh, that he takes on two nazir uh, terms upon himself at the same time all right and and therefore once he once he's done that uh, then it's not that one is precedes the other they're both taken on at the same time and that's why you can take these two things on at the same time and that's what the verse uh, comes to tell you uh, that uh, both of them apply and you'd have to bring separate sacrifices at the end of both right uh, and going back to what we'd said earlier my uh why is there uh, what's the stringency of this shua over a neder something that we had discussed before we said a, a shua is something an oath uh, is really when the person says i swear that i will do this and you can even say i swear that i that i will sleep or i won't sleep etc and sleep is something that is not tangible so we'd say that uh, a shua would work with that as opposed to an editor uh, if you say I, I i'm taking a vow uh, that i won't sleep that is meaningless because you it, it's not on anything tangible sleep is not tangible and therefore We'd, we'd explained earlier that if a person says, I'm not going to sleep, it must mean uh, that if we interpolate the words, we say, listen, my eyes are forbidden to sleep, something along those lines. Uh, that, uh, that that would take effect, that would be a nether type of way. But uh, when it comes to shua, a shua falls on something, even though there's no, it's an intangible. And that's why it, it, if we say that that is a stringency over a nether, uh, nether, nami, chamur, we'd, we'd said before uh, that although that is a stringency of uh, a shua versus a neder, uh, there is, neder is, is also uh, stricter. Why? Shukain chal, ala mitzvot, kereshut. It falls upon a mitzvah, like a reshut. Remember, we'd had a discussion. If a person says, my body is forbidden to go into a sukkah, my body is forbidden to shake a lulav, etc. That does work. Uh, if you say, I swear I'm not going to go into a sukkah, I swear I'm not going to shake a lulav, uh, we'd said before that that oath doesn't, kick in because you're already you're already uh, forbidden to do that before harasina and uh, before by uh, when you when you made that oath uh, at harasina so you're already uh, previously forbidden uh, to do that you can't swear uh, to transgress a mitzvah that is what we had said before okay so we'd see that in in that respect a neder is stricter 
than Ashua in terms of that. So that can't be the solution. Uh, as we said, it falls on a mitzvah. Uh, you can uh, take a vow against a mitzvah. Uh, from the Ten Commandments, it says, uh, when you, I think it's Lord Tisad, Shem, Hashem, Hashem, something to, to that effect. And it says, Hashem will not absolve uh, and, and hold guiltless uh, the people who take his name in vain. So therefore, even if you would, once you do that, Hashem uh, is going to be very upset uh, with, with that kind of behavior. It doesn't mention a similar kind of thing with taking a vow, uh, but if you swear, uh, then that is, more, that, that is therefore more severe. Okay. Uh, all right, uh, quoting the Mishnah, achal, achal. I swear I'm not going to eat, I swear I'm not going to eat, and you're only liable for one uh, violation of this. Amar uh, Rava, Rava comments on that. Uh, if you uh, take a, if you go to a rabbi and you null the first one, uh, the second one falls into place uh, in, and, and you you bound by the second one, uh, even though uh, we'd said that uh, Shua can't take effect on a Shua, uh, but still, if you nullify the first, the second one immediately drops into place. Uh, Mimai, um, why would you know that? It says, uh, It doesn't say when it says uh, there's no Shua upon a Shua, and it uh, doesn't say uh, that um, there is only one. Uh, what does it say? Katani, uh, no, you're only liable uh, for one if you transgress the mitzvah and eat in that situation. Uh, and, and what does that mean? Ravcha, who delayed lay, there is no extra space for that other mitzvah. Uh, Rabbi Podlashuk used to compare this to uh, a, 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 like those children's uh, puzzles that you have with a cut out piece of wood, and uh, the children could take uh, the cut out uh, piece of wood and, uh, and, and out with a, a little hold, a handle, and then they they put it back exactly and it fits uh, very snugly into that area of the board uh, that is <clears throat> open for it okay so once once it's in there it's not that nothing can get around the side and then therefore uh, as, as the Gomorrah says yeah Ravka who the late lay it means that it's got um, no space uh, except for one uh, shua in that, in that instance now if you kind of take away that shua and have another one uh, that's exact same size really on top uh, just goes and fills that area ravka who ki itchal al chaverta chaleh so therefore it's as if the second piece uh, of this puzzle is standing right above the first piece therefore if you take away the first piece via annulling the vow uh, the second piece automatically drops in uh, so we don't uh, we don't say uh, that there is only one vow altogether and the second one's a totally meaningless statement so no uh, that second vow, uh, oath is standing around in the background and can uh, come into effect if you cancel and annul the first one all right uh, basically the same kind of thing but just from a slightly different angle uh, another version of this uh, it says you're only liable for that one and uh, and it means uh, there's no uh, for the for the second one 
Okay, but you can't say there's no vow at all. There is a vow. Uh, uh, for what would this be practical? Uh, why would we need to know this halacha? Uh, in case of the situation like Rava arrived, Amarava, Nishala Rishona, Altalo, Shnea, Tachter. Uh, Rabbi says that if you asked a Chacham and uh, he annulled the vow for you, uh, then the second one, uh, the first vow for you, the second one would remain and fall in its place. Uh, the Gemara says, Alayma Masale, maybe the following Mishnah, Mishnah and Shvot, uh, on Daf 27, uh, would support him. Mishnah Adashtay, Nizirot, Mane Tirishona, Hifrish Korban, Nishalalea, Atalo Shnia Berishona. Again, uh, similar ca- we had this very similar case. Uh, we said if you take two vows of Nizirot and you counted uh, the first one and then you even separated an offering at, at the end of the first one, and then you went to a rabbi and had. Uh, you, you asked him a question and then you dissolved uh, that first term of Nazirut. Then uh, the second one counts for you instead of the first. So uh, the implication surely we learn from there, uh, even though uh, there's no specified time uh, for, for it to take effect, it wasn't completely nullified. Uh, it, was, it was always hanging around there in the background. So when the first vow was uh, um, in, annulled, uh, then the second one falls into place. So that it's, surely that's the same thing uh, with other oaths as well. The Gemara says, no, go on, Shikabala, love, Stein Again, we have this the answer that we've had now. Uh, we had it yesterday as well, and we had it earlier today, and now we have it another time. Uh, it must be that someone uh, takes upon two vows of Nazirut at the same time. Uh, you can't keep them at the same time. They have to be one after the other, uh, and the second one happens straight after uh, the first one, uh, and that's it. So it, it could be, though... Um, uh, if you would take a normal uh, oath, uh, the second one might not take effect at all. Uh, and, and that's it. Maybe only in this situation where you accepted both of them all at once, uh, it works. Okay, so there's no proof uh, from there as to what we are talking about. Okay, next Mishnah. Uh, if you have an unspecified vow, the run actually mentioned this on the top of uh, Yud Aleph, uh, that, that second line on Yud Aleph, he had mentioned uh, Amud Aleph, we had mentioned that Islam Nazirat Lahachmir when it comes to unspecified vows you have to be stringent uh, with them, you have to uh, adopt a stringent attitude toward them. However, Uparishan Lahakal, however if you asked uh, with the person what he meant uh, and, you, and he specifies what it meant, uh, we, we agree uh, to that, that we can take the lenient opinion. Okay, so Kate said, uh, says the Mishnah, how is that? How is this case applicable? And uh, we're just going to give ready the first part about uh, the Parashan Lahakal that is going to be in the next Mishnah. Right, but really, um, <coughs> uh, for to, to be machmir uh, about things that we say amar hare alai kvasar meliach kokain nesech um uh, you know so we we say a person swears he says this uh, this food should be to me like salted meat uh, or like uh, yarn nesech so the you know about salted meat uh, you could be talking the the two options of here you could be talking about uh, a a korban okay in which case um the, uh, the this would be a good thing because you're connecting something which was previously uh, devar hanadur uh, something that was previously not 
um, able to, I mean, previously wasn't holy, and then by your word, by what you say it is, uh, you make it holy, so that you're consecrating it as an offering. So if he says, like, salted meat, that could be like uh, meat uh, of the, in the Beit HaMikdash, salted meat uh, is, uh, you always have to have salt on, uh, and, and that is why our table, uh, you always have to have salt on the table, and, uh, and that's why we dip our bread in salt as well. It reminds us almost like the table, our own table, our dining room table is like a mizbah, uh, because all the meat uh, of the Beit HaMikdash had to be salted on, on the mizbah, uh, salted and then put on the mizbah thereafter. Okay, so if you say salted meat, maybe you're talking about a sacrifice, and that was exactly uh, the prototypical way of making a neder, where you say, uh, this food X should be to me like a korban, uh, and it should be in, in a korban itself, as we said, uh, was something that you uh, you gave holiness to uh, it wasn't holy before it was a normal animal and then you've invested uh, this holiness into it in other words so you're the same way by your words you take something which was not ho- uh, holy and now you turn it into something forbidden i.e something holy all right so that's uh, a vow uh, you know, it t- turns it into something forbidden all right so now kate said so sorry, as we said, if it's besamaniach, uh, salted meat, and also yanesech. Generally, when we talk about yanesech, we think we are talking about uh, wine that was poured to an idol. Uh, it says shlamim nadar asu. If you say that it is like shlamim, there is another version of this. Instead of saying shlamim, because it, it seemingly would give the implication that only shlamim meat was actually. Um, uh, salted, etc. But that's not true. All meat was salted. So maybe actually we take out the lamed when you say, in uh, Shamam. If you ask him, he said, no, I really wanted to uh, dedicate it uh, to the Beit HaMikdash, and that's what I meant. Basar Meliach, in this instance, must mean a Shamam. Uh, thing in other words to take korban not a uh, korban another uh, asr if you did that uh, you say it's something that was devarha nadur something that was uh, originally permitted and then by your vow uh, you turned it into something forbidden uh, then uh, it works that way and it becomes like uh, uh, an offering and once it becomes like an offering uh, then that vow is asr you've associated with something that you made forbidden and therefore it is asr in uh, nada however if you uh, just made it like Avodah Zorah, uh, you would say that that should be like salted meat of an uh, offering to idol worship or, or wine that was poured to idol worship, which is the general meaning of Yain Nesech. Uh, the other meaning of Yain Nesech means that wine uh, that you would libate when you did your own sacrifice in the Beit HaMikdash for Hashem's sake. Uh, so if you would say that it was salted meat of a sacrifice or yarn, uh, wine that was poured as part of that sacrifice inside the Beit HaMikdash, uh, it would be forbidden because you've connected it to something uh, which uh, uh, was done via vow, as opposed to uh, the, like the first Mishnah in our chapter, uh, where you say it's for Avodah Zorah, uh, or for, uh, in, in, you know, in some form, if you say it's for the meat uh, that you that you uh, was, was brought, salted meat, of an idol, uh, and, and so too, Yain Nesech, uh, the, the, the standard meaning of Yain Nesech in this instance is this meat that was um, 
<coughs> I mean this wine uh, that was poured to idols. Okay, in all of those cases, avodazor neder mutar. Then it is permitted. Why? Uh, because what we say is that uh, it, it is something inherently forbidden. Uh, just as the first mission in this chapter said, for example, uh, things like pork uh, that is inherently forbidden. So to hear avodazor uh, is inherently forbidden, and therefore you're connecting it to something which is forbidden from the Torah, and as a result, uh, um, it would be forbidden. So that's why it would be uh, forbidden. Okay, uh, and I mean that's why it would be permitted uh, because you connected it to something inherently forbidden, <coughs> and therefore uh, it does not take effect. All right, vim stam asr. If you mention it just stam uh, without specifying what was going on, he didn't specify whether you know what his intention was. Uh, then uh, it is forbidden. All right, so. Uh, <coughs> You know, a few points to make. The first one is like, why uh, would stam nadarim lahachmi? Why do we say that um, uh, unspecified vows are stringently treated? Uh, the Rosh says, uh, you you know, you, a person doesn't say something for nothing. Okay, even though he might have said the wrong thing over here, uh, or an ambiguous thing, really doesn't say anything for nothing. Uh, Kiryat Sefer says that uh, uh, there's actually just a simple principle because vows are from the Torah. Uh, you might think safek dorata lahachmi. Uh, we're being stringent when it comes to something dorata uh, and we say if you just do it stum uh, it would be uh, forbidden and the question is uh, if you ask the person what does stum mean uh, well you ask the guy you said listen uh, what did you mean and he says listen I don't remember uh, what it was when I took the vow or I just wasn't uh, thinking about it the other case would be uh, <clears throat> is where uh, you, you there are other people involved in this prohibition and he can't explain uh, what was going on he's not there at the moment to explain so that's why does it apply to other people we'd say uh, the stum nere uh, is um, you know is forbidden. All right, <clears throat> so a similar kind of thing. Harei, I like a cherem. This to me is like cherem, something that was dedicated to the Beit Hamikdash. Im cherem shal shemaim, and that's here as we have that it it, it does say shemaim. You know, before we also said maybe that's what we should say in the first uh, clause where it talks about. Uh, instead of shlamim, it should be shamaim. So here we see another. Uh, here we see an example of it saying shamaim directly. In that case, if it's a cherem, uh, the two types of cherem. One is dedicated to the Beit Hamikdash, and that's what we're talking here, shamaim. Or there's a cherem that's given to kohanim. Uh, if you say im cherem shel shamaim, if you say that it is like a cherem of the temple, well then it is asur again because it is something that was fine beforehand and then when you dedicate to the Beit HaMikdash it becomes holy and therefore <coughs> uh, it is something that you've got uh, the ability to control and therefore as a result the same idea is that you uh, have now connected it to this thing that is uh, that uh, went up and is now holy so this is also uh, a, the neder is chal it does take effect however there is another kherim uh, we say I'm dedicating this to a kwanim in that sense you just have to give it to the kwan the kwan can do with it what he pleases and therefore there are no restrictions on it he can give it back to you he can do whatever he, he wants with it. He can, uh, if it's edible he can feed it to anyone he wants uh, so therefore in that situation uh, we say uh, that uh, it, it is uh, like uh, something that was perfectly permissible and therefore it is mutar uh, and asur, if we don't know what his uh, um, his intention was uh, and as we said he might not be there to uh, um, to to tell us or else uh, he's he's forgotten himself uh, then we say uh, stam haramim le, uh, le, 
because we are stringent. Like this should be forbidden to me, like Maser. So now there are two types of Maser. Uh, if you say it like Maser Bahema, Maser Bahema is uh, where a person takes his flock and puts it into a pen and he counts as the animals come out a narrow entrance and exit. Uh, he says one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then he says ten. Uh, the ten is the Maser one. In that situation, um, uh, the, then it would be in Maaseh Bahama. Nadar, if he, he held like Maaseh Bahama, uh, that is something, an animal, which was fine. But then through your actions, uh, you turn it into something forbidden. By counting it as a tenth, it becomes holy. So you designate it as something holy. Uh, therefore, it is Asr over here, because um, uh, it was connected to something which was Nadur uh, vowed. All right, so now then it, this you would say it should be like the, the Maaseh Bahama. Then you would say it is Asr. However, if you say no, the master that I'm talking about here is Master Rishon, and uh, that really gets given to the Levi. There's no other restrictions. The Levi can do with it what he pleases. Uh, he could, um, uh, even if it doesn't make a difference, if it's made tame, etc., he can eat it, he can feed it to whoever he wants, to Israel, whatever the case is. Uh, so it's, it's a much more easy thing to do, and therefore uh, it's got no initial, um, essential holiness within it, uh, and, and therefore it would be permitted. Uh, if he doesn't specify, uh, as we said, or he doesn't remember what he specified or uh, affects other people, and he's not there to answer what it means, uh, we say it is Asur. Haray Alai, Kutruma, a similar kind of case, it says uh, this should be forbidden like Truma. Uh, different types of truma. Im trumat lishka nadar. If he says like, what does truma mean? And he explains it uh, to mean uh, that the intention was truma lishka, the money that was donated to the Beit Hamikdash. Again, another example of something which was uh, non-holy beforehand, and then you decide to dedicate it as a shekel to the Beit Hamikdash. Uh, the truma lishka was all those shkalim that was taken out three times a year and uh and 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 that was Chumatalishka uh then Asur it is Asur because that money was previously uh profane or, or non holy and sanctified and therefore you've turned it into something holy and sanctified. Same thing. Why well, you would be able to uh, do this vow uh and say, listen, so you're turning something uh, that wasn't sanctified into something sanctified if you connect it to the Trimatadishka. Uh therefore it is Nadar Asur, then you have uh, that is Asur. Im Shogorin, uh ever if it is uh, the Truma. Uh, which is generally two percent, but we had earlier between one fortieth and one sixtieth, uh, etc. of the of the grain. Uh, in that situation, if it's from uh, the granary, uh, it says muta uh, that that would be uh, permitted uh, because truma is not forbidden by um, uh, you know a vow. Although you know, having said that, um, <clears throat> uh, the the Truma is, uh, there is an opinion uh, that even though it's not sacrificed on the altar or dedicated to the Beit HaMikdash, uh, you know, that um, um, it, it, the Ritva says actually, uh, you know, sorry, the Rosh and the Ran actually say even before the, the tiles are separated, that, that grain would be uh, forbidden as a tevil and, and therefore it's like forbidden from the Torah and, uh, and, and therefore uh, is no good. All right, uh, that is uh, that opinion uh, in terms of uh, because it's it's uh, it, it's got inherent sanctity, uh, then uh, it would be permitted. Again, a similar kind of example, uh, which to say that something is inherently comparing it to pork, uh, which is inherently 
forbidden before uh, you made the vow. All right, and again, uh, with if he says Akhtumak Chumatadishka Nada Asur Vim Lab Shogorin Mutar Vim Stam Asur Divrebi May and May Rebi May following the the kind of format of the previous thing, he says uh, if you dedicated it just them, uh, it is uh, permissible, right? And um uh, sorry, in Islam Asur, then it would be forbidden. Sorry, it's not that it's Mutar, you are stringent with it, and that's if Rabbi Man. Okay, Rabbi Yehuda takes a slightly different view. Islam uh, Truma, Yehuda Asura. He says, uh, ah, he says it depends where you are geographically. In Yehuda, uh, where uh, you're right close to the Beit Amidash, and uh, you would be talking probably about Truma Talishka, uh, then Islam Truma, Yehuda Asura. Then it would be Asur, because uh, we'll see that they talk about the people in. Uh, the, the Yehuda often talking about the stuff going to the Beit Hamikdash, etc. But Galil would tear it. If you own the Galil, uh, it would be Mutar. Okay, uh, you would think that just Trumat uh, Degan, and therefore, as we explained, um, it, it's got this element of holiness to it, therefore, it can't be. Um, uh, connected via the sanctification. Uh, because the people of Galil aren't uh, familiar with Truma uh, Mutarin, As opposed to Yehuda, uh, if you do a Kherim in Yehuda, uh, what do you say? It's Mutar, because uh, there are a lot of uh, priests uh, in the in in Yehuda uh, because that was close to the Beit Hamikdash and, uh, and that's it. You the tribe of Yehuda lived uh, and uh, its territory straddled the Beit Hamikdash. Yehuda and Benjamin. Uh, so in, in in the place of Yehuda there were a lot of Kwanim, There was a lot of temple stuff, uh, etc. So therefore, Stam uh, Cherem in in Yehuda is we assume is for the Kwanim because there are a lot more of them uh, floating around in Yehuda as opposed to. Uh, um, uh, if it was uh, in the Galil, it would be forbidden. Okay, if you talk about Kherim, because we assume uh, that they're talking about Kherim uh, <coughs> belonging to the temple. They don't really hold much of the Kherim of, of Kwanim. They'd much rather give the stuff to the Beit HaMikdash. In that situation, uh, it would be forbidden. Okay. Um, the Gemara picks up Atanan, Safek Nizirut Lakel, but surely uh, we learn a mission in Tarot uh, when the, you, you say uh, there's a doubtful Nizirut, you are lenient. Okay, surely uh, Nizirut is a type of vow. And Amar Zaira, uh, Rabbi Zaira says, Law Kasha, uh, there's no problem over there. Uh, hi, Rabbi Liezer, hi, Rabbanan. He says there's uh, an opinion of Rabbi Liezer, and this opinion is the opinion of the rabbis. Okay, in other words, the rabbis are strict, Rabbi Liezer is lenient. Uh, what happens if you say I'm consecrating all my and wild animals as well as my domesticated animals and what you have is uh, um, you have a koi uh, which is a, it's a dispute exactly what it is uh, um, you know the, we're not quite sure uh, what what, um, what it is does it mean that you you know a koi uh, is a um, a hybrid born to a deer and another uh, kosher animal and a goat, okay? Um, or, you know, so a deer and a goat or another uh, wild animal and a, and, a, and a goat, right? So which is domesticated. Uh, so there's, there's some question exactly, is it a chaya uh, or is it a bahama or actually is it a, a uh, something completely different? And, uh, you know, we have similar situations uh, that we've mentioned recently as well. Uh, one of them is androgynous. Uh, for example, the same kind of thing. Thing applies with that. Rabbi Rosen explained 
side uh, as well uh, with regard to uh, an androgynous. Androgynous uh, is a person who's got male and female sexual organs. So the question is, is he male, is he female, uh, or is he a new type of creature altogether? The same way as a koi, is it a, is it a bahama, is it a chaya, or is it some kind of new creature altogether? Similarly, the other example that we give is bayanashvashot. Uh, is it day, is it night, or actually is it a third category altogether? All right, so those are uh, other examples where you, there's a doubt uh, in, you know, what goes on. So now, um, a brighter, the brighter says, um, if you consecrate your wild animals and your domesticated animals, you include your koi as well. Uh, that is the rabbi's view. Rebeleza may loik dish a koi. No, Rebeleza says he hasn't consecrated the koi. Manda amamamono maya sveka. A person says if you put your money into a situation of doubt, gufai nami ma'al. Uh, then uh, you will also yourself be in a situation of doubt. You don't mind putting yourself in a situation of doubt as well. Uh, so therefore, we are strict when it comes to Nizirut, and, uh, and and that's it. A person who says no, the, the other opinion says no, person won't put his uh, money in doubt. Uh, so too, uh, he, um, uh, you know, uh, it, it must be talking about definite things, but not not. How much more so that you wouldn't come into a situation of suffolk, okay? And therefore, that's why we'd be lenient uh, when it comes to um, vows of the Zerist. Okay, that is that. Uh, we'll pick up tomorrow, uh, at the, you know, um, as we move closer to the end of this peric, uh, we'll pick up tomorrow. Everyone should have a great day. Uh,